0: Hi, podcasters, hope all is well. I know it is easier than ever to get pretty much what we need and win, all from a few taps or clicks. With the popularity of ride-sharing and food delivery options, it would only make sense for cannabis users to wonder, hmm, what if I can get my cannabis this way? Well, this month on The Shake, we focus on two companies in this space. First, the CEO of a fresh new startup ready to take the cannabis delivery industry on for size. We will touch on pricing and surge rates, safety for all, and how the companies really work. Come along for the ride as we start with Eddie a Toronto-based startup that focuses on fast delivery.
1: Welcome, podcasters. This is Mando Dillon. And I'm Jay Marzaria the Shake, brought to you by Treehouse Solution Digital Media Platform, recording from Startwell Studios in lovely downtown Toronto, Canada.
0: Stick around, because for the next 40 minutes, we'll be discussing cannabis with industry leaders and influencers. Today, we are speaking with Ryan Dempsey, founder and CEO of Eddie. Eddie is an e-commerce platform that specializes in cannabis delivery to consumers. They aim to provide fast delivery service of cannabis. Thank you for joining me on The Shake today, Ryan. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Can you give us a brief description of your education and career prior to Eddie? Sure.
2: Uh, So I went to school uh, over at Western University, uh, over in London. Uh, I was at the business school there for for a number of years, as well as did a bit of uh, schooling in the media side as well. Uh, From there, I started off my career, uh, like many people in business and strategy consulting, uh, at a boutique company called Satov. So I spent about three or four years there. From there, I jumped over to Uber and uh, worked on the operations team at uber kind of focused on driver growth both uh, first in canada and eventually looking at uh, the north american business uh and then from there um as we'll probably talk about decided to start uh, the company that we're talking about today
1: thanks for that introduction ryan could you let our listeners know why you decided to pivot into the cannabis space and more specifically why you decided to tackle delivery
2: sure so i mean i think for me there was a point where I, i knew i was ready to go start something myself i was i was excited to kind of be able to take what i learned and really be able to kind of start from the ground roots um be able to kind of use some of my creativity uh and so i started chatting with uh, one of my colleagues uh you know i guess when we first started this it was about march of last year uh you know we saw legalization it was about six months away at that point um and we really thought there was an opportunity here where there was going to need to be uh a solution that looks similar to what we'd seen uh, for re- for food and restaurants for cannabis um, and when we started looking at it and looking at what the regulations we thought were gonna look like we really thought I needed to be a standalone company that could focus in this industry and find creative solutions uh, and from there we, we said you know we're pretty well positioned to do this and then from there we started to explore what that
0: would actually look like. Very mm-hmm. nice. Can you give us a high-level summary of Eddie?
2: Sure, so Eddie is going to be uh, sort of an on-demand uh, delivery platform, an e-commerce uh, platform for cannabis. Predominantly we're focused right now on the recreational cannabis, so you can imagine it's a, you know e-commerce website where you can see any type of product uh, that you'd want that's related to cannabis, whether that's the flour, uh, oils, accessories, eventually uh, things like edibles, uh, where you can easily be able to select those, get information, figure out what product's right for you, and then once you're ready, be able to order that product, Uh, From there, we would pick that up from a from a retailer
1: and deliver that to the customer in a very short amount of time Thanks, Ryan. I think that's an incredibly interesting approach you guys are taking over there at Eddie. Would you be able to tell our audience just how big your team is? So uh, right now Eddie's still we're still in the relatively
2: early stages right now Um, We're still waiting for regulations to really allow us to operate as we want to so we're really more in the building phase right now and kind of getting ready to launch.
0: How did your marriage from Innabuggy and Uber go to Eddie?
2: Yeah, so I mean, so uh, I, I'm from Uber, and uh, so sort of our path um, when we were deciding to launch this company, yeah. um, we sort of decided that, that we wanted to do this, but we thought there was benefit in, in terms of uh, having some partnerships just to allow us to um, have some of the more tools in place and make it a little bit easier to get started. Yeah. Um, just because this is, a, this is a complicated business and there's a lot of pieces to it, uh, so we ended up having some conversations with a company called Innabuggy. Uh, Inabuggy is a company that is, uh, does grocery and alcohol delivery uh, across major cities in Canada. Uh, and we decided to make a partnership with them just because we'd seen that they had been successful, particularly um, delivering already a highly regulated product in alcohol. And, and by partnering with them, uh, you know we were going to be able to leverage some of the technology they had already built and be able to also um, work with them to kind of build, uh, utilize their driver base as we're starting to kind of grow the driver base for the Eddy business as well.
1: I think Mando and I both agree that's a phenomenal strategic partnership for Eddie to have. Now, sticking with partners, we noticed two of your co-founders are from Leaf Forward. Would you be able to tell our audience how they joined the company?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, we, we also started this with uh, um, one, one of the people from uh, Leaf Forward, Brett. He, he was also used to work with, at Uber with me. Oh, wow. uh, so, yeah, at, at the time, uh, we were kind of chatting about this uh, back in the spring. And then from there, uh, he was already kind of working with a few of the other guys uh, Leaf4 they had, at that point uh, Leaf4 was really more of a, an event um, event company they still do the events and meetups now it's actually turned into an accelerator as well but at the time when we were talking it was it was primarily an event company um and yeah so they they had, had a lot of experience in the industry had made a lot of connections and from there uh, I also kind of collaborated with them because again they had a lot of expertise here um so together kind of combining their expertise um, some of the assets that Inabuggy had, and then my experience, we kind of decided to start this company.
0: I wanted to switch gears a little bit. For those who are not close to the rules and regulations, what is the current stance on delivery of cannabis in Ontario and in Canada?
2: Sure. Generally, just like a, a high-level distribution, the decisions that are made about distribution specifically for recreational cannabis. is really a provincial decision. So every province has different re- regulations. Um, so um, if we look at a kind of across the board, there isn't really... For for kind of what we want, how we want to operate, there isn't today uh, an option to be able to um, have sort of like an on-demand delivery option, really in any anywhere in Canada today. Uh, What we have available right now, uh, there's two provinces today where there is private e-commerce, and that's Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Uh, In Manitoba and Saskatchewan, if you have a retail store, you are able to have an e-commerce website. Um, but you need to have that license, and you have to be a retail store yourself to be able to operate a private website that sells cannabis. In every other province, uh, it is, uh, the only people who are able to sell online is the, is the government website. And that's what we have here in, uh, in Ontario currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, as many people know, we have the OCS, the Ontario Cannabis Store, and they have a website, and they're the only people who are able to sell online currently.
1: Thanks, Ryan. Mando and I, as well as a lot of our listeners, really appreciate you going over and highlighting some of the rules and regulations surrounding cannabis delivery. Uh, It's really, really interesting. Now, sticking with the OCS, there was an opportunity for independent delivery companies to make a pitch to OCS to help with delivery of recreational cannabis. The big question is, did you guys apply? And... If you did, would you be able to speak a little bit more about what that process was like? Sure. Yeah,
2: so we we were in discussions with the OCS for for a number of months, even kind of before just to kind of talk about what that could potentially look like. And then also we're exploring um, putting an application in for the RFP uh, that they put out. We did, we did some research there. I think there was there's always going to be challenges with that um, that process because the, the, the OCS essentially they all their products are housed in one warehouse that's in Oakville. And so to do the, and to do same day delivery from there is, is going to be a challenge because first you basically need to have a truck pick up products from a warehouse in Oakville, drop them off at another warehouse and then have drivers pick that up. So it's both cost-intensive and difficult to do quick delivery. Uh, so we knew that was always going to be a challenge. There's something that we could potentially do. Um, over time, it, it kind of appeared, I think, the OCS has a lot of things that they're working on right now. I mean, they're trying to get product out to the new retail stores, uh, still logistically trying to make sure they think do things effectively. And I think they kind of made the decision to cancel that tender, at least for now.
0: Okay.
2: Um, so at, at this point, they're no longer looking for it.
0: Wanted to pivot to Eddie's vision, and we talked about you working for Uber before. Does the Eddie platform run like Uber, where the public can join, or does Eddie have a different approach to fleet management? And how will Eddie approach onboarding drivers?
2: Sure. Um, so the, there's some similarities, but then there's some other uh, some things that we've layered in uh, to our process. Um, so I mean, we will we will be uh, kind of adding our drivers um, and recruiting them and kind of making that open. But there are re- different requirements that people need to meet to be, become a driver uh, with Eddie one uh, is sort of from from a security standpoint there's uh, criminal background checks we have sort of the highest uh, highest most intensive criminal background checks that we're doing to ensure our, our drivers are fully clear um, so that, that that's getting done secondly is there's an interview process with ours which they, they need to meet certain requirements um, to us uh, you know where we're trusting them to be able to go to a door and be able to validate that this is the right person and that they're at the right age and there, it's one thing to do that in a retail store where you're in a store with your colleagues. It's another thing when you're by yourself when you're at a private residence. You need to be someone who's confident, who has strong communication skills, and can and can deal with those difficult situations. Uh, so our interview process is really testing that and making sure any drivers that we're putting onto our platform are confident in those situations. Uh, so they have to go through that training. Um, they also start that interview process, and then there's also a training process afterwards, both our own training and then uh, also um, generally, there's a certification that they have to do for each province, so here in Ontario, uh, that's called the Cancel uh, training that they'll have to complete okay. um, before actually delivering.
1: Sticking with drivers, uh, we understand driver retention can be hard at times, and I think Mando and I are wondering, what type of incentives do you expect Eddie to have in place to ensure a limited turnover rate?
2: Um, I mean. I think innately with this type of role, we know that there's going to be—it's always going to be something because it's made to be flexible. Yeah. That like that, that you will see some turnover, and that's that's okay. Uh, I think what we will try to do is, um, you know, try to make consistency in earnings. Um, you know, do what we can to ensure that people, um, you know, can rely that they're getting a certain kind of hourly level, and that that comes to us in terms of making sure how we price. Uh, how we're paying our drivers and ensuring that we kind of give them the right expectations. Um, and then we're showing them recognition when they are performing well, um, whether that's sometimes monetary and also just, also just appreciating them um, in intangible ways as well.
0: With that being said, will drivers be brought on on a contract or hourly basis, or will it be similar to Uber's method? Yeah,
2: so it's, a, it's on a contract basis. So they, they basically um, have to complete a contract that says they'll meet certain
1: standards, uh, and then from there they can choose their own hours from there.
0: Phew, got those taxes done just in time. I don't know about you, but I can feel rushed with the day-to-day and when it comes to doing my taxes or when that time of year rolls by, it can easily get lost in the shuffle or rushed. Luckily, I can rely on InstaTax for all my tax needs. And all it took InstaTax was 30 minutes. Think about it, that's quicker than a pizza. InstaTax also helped realign my business accounting needs from payroll, bookkeeping, monthly financials, and year ends, just to start. It really gives me peace of mind knowing I have the right team at InstaTax in my corner for all my accounting needs. If you find yourself in a situation or just want the right team to guide you with your accounting needs, visit InstaTax at www.insta-tax.ca or contact InstaTax at 905-737-5811. Once again, that's 905-737-5811 or come visit them at Suite 215 at Hillcrest Mall in Richmond Hill serving from the same location for over 27 years. And when you do contact InstaTax, remember to mention The Shake for a 5% discount on your personal income taxes. Thanks
1: Ryan for giving our listeners uh, a little bit more of insight of how Eddie's going to be approaching drivers. Now to pivot into more of a consumer related topic, I think a lot of our listeners will want to know whether or not you foresee delivery prices increasing during parts of the day, uh, when Eddie experiences higher amounts of traffic,
2: uh, I don't think at, at first we will roll that out. Um, I think at first we'll keep it relatively simple. Um, I think it, it's it's one of the things that you know eventually we'll ha- probably have to explore. You know, there are there are reasons to ensure that like sometimes you're balancing how how reliable can you make the marketplace while also making sure that you're keeping this at a reasonable rate. So I think that's something we could look at, but at first I think we'll keep it pretty simple.
0: What's well, a follow up, what will fast delivery mean for Eddie?
2: So I, I think it's, it's a little bit to be decided in terms of, uh, you know, it depends on how many stores are available and for us to be able to link with and, you know, where we're operating. Uh, we see the potential there's no reason why we couldn't in major cities across Canada get the delivery down to 30 minutes. Uh, with the right, right amount of retail stores.
1: Okay, I think our question would be then, how will Eddie ensure limited wait times for their consumers? Uh, do you expect Eddie to start with consumers residing in a specific geographic area and then targeting the dispensaries within that area to become strategic partners for the rollout?
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, so it will sort of depend on, you know, when regulations happen and where. Um, but generally what we'd be trying to do is um, partner with enough retail locations like for any given um, geograph- geographic location. So if we're in a city that we have enough retail locations in that city that we have many different pickup points. So no matter where you're ordering from, there's a store that's you know, at least a few kilometers away where yeah. we're going to be able to do a quick delivery. Uh, so, yeah, if we have the enough retail locations and then enough drivers, the other thing is be able to have the right number of drivers and be able to project how many drivers we need and be able to do that on a regular basis that we're always staffed at the, the way we need to be. Uh, if we can do those two things, then we should be able to kind of meet the reliability that we need to.
0: Why did your team decide that on-demand cannabis delivery was an issue that needed to be addressed, and which consumer demographic do you find will be the largest and most frequent?
2: Sure, so I mean, to me, I think there's a few things. Um, one, I think we've seen this, this type of model be very successful in other spaces, like uh, whether that's food or alcohol, or now even groceries that we're seeing it. Uh, two is I think particularly with a product like cannabis, it really does fit well into a kind of fast delivery type model. Uh, oftentimes, when you want to consume cannabis, you're not in the mood where you want to leave your, your house. You're you're wanting to have a relaxing night. You want to <laughs> h- hang out on your couch, so you, you don't really want to have to go to a store. Two is that yeah, oftentimes it is one of those things that you it's a it's a last minute decision. It's a Friday night. You're hanging out. You said you want some. You don't have it. You don't really want to wait till the next day. You want that half hour to an hour. Um, so I think we see lots of use cases from our own experiences and people we've spoken with. Um, and we've also, finally, I think we've seen some success in this type of model also in California where this has already been allowed. Um, so, yeah, so I think combining all those kind of different reasons, we saw that, that there's an opportunity here. Uh, in terms of your second question, in terms of the demographics, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a wide variety of, of, of people. I think as we've seen with cannabis, there's a wide variety of people who will consume it. With these types of um, technology products, I mean, generally, this is going to work best in cities. Uh, where there's higher density, so I mean, generally the focus will be sort of urban centers, and usually the demographics will skew younger, not fully, but you'd say there's going to be a higher percentage of people, you know, between the ages of, you know, 19 to 35 yeah. versus others. Okay.
1: Every province in Canada decided to roll out cannabis in their own retail manner, and specifically with Ontario, OCS decided to grant licenses based off a lottery system, did Eddie enter the lottery? And do you have any plans for Eddie to sell cannabis in the near future? Like many, we we
2: put our, our name in the hat because why not? There's 25, and they you know they're, we're going to be very valuable. Um, but I think for us, our primary focus is still more on the e-commerce side. Um, so going forward, I think there's going to be more physical retail stores. We saw with the uh, Ontario budget, they're planning to provide more of those licenses. But I don't think we're not planning to go for those just because. We see ourselves as more of a pure play e-commerce company versus um, someone who's going to operate a number of uh, retail stores. Um, so for us, we're we're waiting on a change to regulations which would allow us to operate an e-commerce store. And although we, we don't have any, you know, Specific, we don't at this point have a specific timeline. Nothing's been announced at this point. Um, we we are we we do believe that there there's a lot of openness within government to allow this uh, eventually. So we're we're really pushing for that to happen as soon as possible, and getting ourselves ready. That as soon as those regulations open up, that we're we're ready to go.
1: Ah, uh, okay, thanks, Ryan. Waiting for regulations can be a bit of a process. So let's discuss Eddie a little bit more, and specifically your platform.
2: Yeah, how would I describe it? I'd say we're an e-commerce platform that also does delivery. Yeah. Um, and we actually wouldn't, likely, again, it depends on the regulations, but uh, in most cases, I would we, we wouldn't even store product. Really, what we are is a we're an, e-com- we're an e-commerce website where people can learn about the product and purchase the product. But then we're going to go pick that up or purchase this on behalf of the customer at a retail store.
1: Thanks for the insight on your platform. I think the big question is, what has Eddie done... To separate themselves from other delivery companies.
2: Yeah, so I mean, for us, I think how we were thinking about positioning ourselves in the market is uh, one is you know I think from our experience we know how to do this at scale. Um, So we we, what we want to do is you know build a brand and and a great platform which makes it easy to get the product. From having a you know an intuitive website, good photography. Um, good information, and really just getting our name out there and letting people know this is a great place to get the product. And from there, being able to build the scale, which allows us to do this uh, more reliably and quickly than any other uh, delivery company in the market. Um, so yeah, it's really about yeah, being able to do that, um, understanding how to execute and execute well uh, early on, to be, be able to offer that in a way that's differentiated.
0: Since you launched your site, you've been looking for drivers to facilitate delivery in Ottawa and Toronto. Why focus on just these two areas?
2: Um, I mean, for us, I think there'll be many other cities that we look at. I think we see Ontario as you know potentially strong opportunity um, where um, once regulations open up, it's a, it's a very big market, um, and, uh, and and so for us, we've those are two of the major cities there that we've kind of started to focus on, uh, but we'll certainly be planning to ex- uh, expand to other large cities across Canada over time as well.
1: I think the reason why Mando was asking was because we're aware that in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, private delivery is currently available. And we were curious why Eddie decided not to roll out uh, potentially a beta one version in either of those provinces.
2: Sure. Yeah. I and mean, so we, we definitely explored those, those as well. Um, and in the end, I think for us, uh, as mentioned, like um, in, in those provinces, uh, you can... The only people who are able to offer private e-commerce are still the retail stores, and we were not operating retail stores. So really the only option for us there was just to do more of like a back-end, just being a pure delivery company. Uh, And our focus is more on being able to be a full platform. So we we sort of stayed away from that for now um, and kind of focused on being more of this full platform.
0: Now, you touched on the security requirements for drivers and the interview process. How long does this typically take, and is this an in-person interview or done over background checks?
2: The first few steps in terms of providing the documents and the background check can all be done online, Um, and so that that process generally, um, the background check usually will take somewhere between a a day or two to to complete. From there, they have to come in for an in-person interview, Um, and so that usually is uh, usually at least an hour, sometimes longer depending on sort of uh, the conversation we have. Um, And then from there, um, if we feel strongly about the candidate from there, they can then proceed um, onto being a driver, and then from there, there's the training. They then have to complete the training processes
0: afterwards. Hey, Jai, have you ever been to one of those paint parties? You know, the ones where you sit around drinking wine and paint the scenic picture placed in front of you. I went once, and from that day, I knew I was lacking some creative bones. So luckily, when it came to how I wanted my business to look for my imagination, I have Rukimu Productions for all my creative thoughts to come alive. Rukimo Productions really helped my business with graphic design to logo and branding. I can probably tell you that Rukimo Productions is a one-stop shop that works with you to create your vision for the world to see. Visit Rukimo.pb.online for more information and contacts. That's rukim dot P-B online. Rukimo.pb.online.
1: Now sticking with drivers and delivery, It's a little bit of a gray area, and we're hoping, Ryan, that you can shed a little bit more light on this subject for our listeners as well as ourselves. Mando and I are very curious about the types of requirements Eddie foresees needing to have in place to make sure that they have provided a secure, a safe, and successful delivery. And we're not only looking towards what you're going to have in place for consumers, but also for the drivers that are going to be delivering cannabis on behalf of Eddie. Uh,
2: so yeah, I guess there's a few pieces here. There's sort of the security of the driver, um, so they feel safe, and there's the security of the product, so the customer knows that they're getting a product that has been tampered with. Um, on the customer side, it, it's a it's a bit simpler in terms of um, you know, they, generally the product only needs to be in tamper-proof packaging. Um, so as long as it's the customer can view that it has not been tampered with that they can have some confidence there. Our drivers are trained in terms of how they handle the products. Uh, and generally we also have a feedback loop to ensure that if, if there are any issues we can identify them quickly and, and be able to handle handle those issues if they ever come up. Um, so that's sort of from a security for the customer standpoint. Uh, in terms of it from the driver standpoint for us there's a, you know there's a few pieces to that. Um, one is I think um, not we generally keep our, our service relatively discreet. Mm-hmm. Um certainly there's no markings on the vehicles that would identify this as a driver delivering cannabis, um, as well as the driver themselves not um, wearing anything that would identify them as that or, or even the other bags that they that they are boxes that they're carrying would never specifically say that they're delivering cannabis. Uh, that's one, Two is that um, when, from a tracking perspective, customers, I know people love to see on the map, they can see where their delivery driver is uh, if, you're, if you're ordering uh, often from a restaurant. In our case, we'll, we'll still give you an expected time of delivery, uh, but we won't show you exactly where that driver is, just to again, give, it, give our drivers a bit more security that way. Um, and finally, w- there's a bit more we're doing from, uh, from a standpoint of when initially when um, we had customers, of ensuring we're getting enough information up front about that customer. Uh, to ensure that we're not getting people who are just making orders just so they can then uh, steal from that driver. That we're ensuring the customers that are um, joining our platform are, are people who are specifically
0: actually wanting to purchase from us. Is there potential for an app that will launch alongside your website platform, allowing users to order from their phone?
2: Uh, yeah, so um, the one issue is uh, right now, um, you cannot have uh, app, mobile applications uh, that work with the Apple Store or the Android Store that can process cannabis transactions. Fortunately that's just a policy that they have currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think something will evolve eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we will have a website that is mobile friendly, so you can still order um, from our, from your mobile phone as well.
0: Perfect. If a consumer orders a gram. What is expected delivery cost to be and will this change depending on the amount of cannabis sold per transaction
2: sure so i mean that's i think that's still kind of uh, to be to be decided uh, a bit in terms of you know where we're launching um how many partnerships we have and what that looks like to be to know exactly what the delivery cost will be and how it's kind of set up um my guess you know it will be somewhere in the range of some five dollars to fifteen to twenty dollars it's probably like your range and it will kind of depend in terms of um, how many stores there are, where you're delivering from, those
0: sorts of things. Can you explain to our listeners if there's a scenario where the customer isn't there to receive the order, how will Eddie ensure delivery?
2: Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think part of how we're setting this up is that we're we're generally trying to do this delivery in a quick enough way that you're ordering it and assuming that you'll be home when that product comes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in some cases, if you're, you're in a building where something can be left to certain people, that might be an option. Um, otherwise if you're not there then um, the driver again it will depend on the situation but often that you might have a chance to reschedule with the driver okay. uh, or in some cases the product might have to return to the store for, for an
1: in-store pickup.
0: Okay.
1: Mando and I both noticed Eddie featured in a number of different articles and we understand as of late Eddie's been actively working with regulators to create some type of wiggle room within the private delivery sector would you mind discussing what type of inroads Eddie has been able to make since the legalization of recreational cannabis? Sure, I won't call it wiggle room. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I'd say a framework okay. uh, <laughs> that would allow, would
2: allow um, you know set ground rules in terms of how to how to do the, this type of on-demand delivery, right, mm-hmm. uh, and ensure that we're doing it in a secure way. Okay. Um, yeah, so absolutely, we've been in conversations with a number of different governments on working on that. Um, I think providing ideas, and generally, we've seen a lot of openness. I think uh, governments understand this is something that consumers want. They 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 also see in other industries. Most many of them have already used in other industries. They see the value in a service like this, and they can see how it would work in cannabis as well. Uh, so I think they're open to it. I think. Um, it's th- really the question is when these regulations go through okay. um, and a lot of that right now is dependent on this, this supply issues that we're still seeing in the market that's, that's holding a lot of things back as we saw. Um, that was the reason why uh, here in Ontario they decided to go with 25 stores instead of many more. Yeah. Um, I think you're seeing similar issues which, which are slowing down why we're not seeing e-commerce how we would
0: like to see it yet. Yeah. Do you believe successful cannabis delivery companies in the U.S. are looking at Canada for opportunities? And how will Eddie navigate those waters?
2: Um, It's certainly possible. I think, yeah, I think when you see a full country legalized, I mean, that's going to be interested to anybody in the space. Um, So um, potentially, I think, as we've seen right now, there's regulations don't really allow those companies to do what they would like to do either. So uh, if those regulations open up, I think it's certainly possible. Uh, For us, I think it... Really what we're trying to do right now is really get our name out there, build relationships early, which allows us to really be a first mover in this space here in Canada.
1: After doing a ton of research on the cannabis delivery industry, one trend that we found is that for most companies, not only in the States, but also in Canada, that provide a similar service decided to go through the medicinal consumer route. Can you tell our listeners why Eddie has chosen to wait for the rollout of private on-demand cannabis delivery in Ontario?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, we, I think we can look at a few different examples here, right? So if you look at Ease in the U.S. Uh, it's a bit different there. Uh, for a while, you know, the recreational was not an option. It wasn't legal. Yeah. Uh, it was medical was the only option. Uh, so they created a service where that was possible. Um, and particularly, how California was set up at that time, it was also relatively simple to get a medical prescription. Mm-hmm. So um, at a time, really, all you had to do there was you could go on an application, go on a webcam, uh, get a prescription, and get a delivery there. Um, so. For many people, there I think beyond just medical uses, you were seeing a lot of people who would have probably been in the recreational Boy, in the market if they couldn't have been. Yeah, okay. But okay. If, if recreational was an option, they probably would have purchased from there. Yeah. Um, but because it wasn't an option, they found other ways to be able to purchase medically. Okay. Uh, I think that's what Ease did. And if you see now, Ease, now that recreational is available, they oh, really right. only do recreational because that's really where the customers that they're looking for are now. Like, um, so yeah, I think it was, it was more of a circumstance there. Yeah. Here in Canada, um, Number one, uh, and also I think the note there was also that they could, when they were doing those things, they could pick up product from uh, a medical dispensary as well, which meant that they could do very quick delivery. They were doing even medical delivery they could do in 15, 30 minutes. Um, Here in Canada, number one, we have recreational that's now legal. Mm -hmm. And two is if you were going to do medical delivery, it still has to be picked up only from a licensed producer facility. So there's really no way of doing... A 30-minute delivery, unless the yeah. license producer is based out of the city, which there's very few. And only a few that are very close. Um, and then, yeah, if you look at more of example of, uh, yeah, Pineapple Express, you know, that's that's a company. Yeah, that they made a decision to kind of go into that space um, as doing more of those logistics. For us, we had as I kind of mentioned earlier, we're kind of more focused on building this platform for recreational uh, quick delivery. Uh, so that was a choice that we made. But um, you know, it's kind of just two different markets. We decided to go after that one.
0: How do you feel the rollout has been in Canada, specifically the partnership with Canada Post to deliver?
2: Uh, I mean, it certainly has challenges. I think <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of press about that. Uh, I do have a lot of sympathy for, I mean, everybody who's been involved in this. It's We're the first country to ever do this. It's super complicated. Uh, there's a ton of demand, so things are bound to go wrong. Um, I think Canada Post particularly, I think it's, it's really challenging to do something like cannabis delivery because... There's a lot of there's a lot of com- complexity to cannabis delivery, right? From age verification, how that how we want that to be done, how you want to carry that product, and for them, for cannabis posts, it's it's a small percent of any, any of the orders they're going to do, right? So you have a driver who's delivering all sorts of different things, and oftentimes won't even know, or like I don't know where they might get one out of like a hundred deliveries that's a cannabis delivery. Yeah. So they're maybe not that well prepared to do cannabis specifically. Um, And that's why to us there is a lot of benefit to having companies who are focused in this, who will have drivers where every delivery they're doing is cannabis, which allows us to train them prepared for all the situations. Um, And also, uh, with experience, they will continually get better at those situations as well.
1: Now with the different delivery options we see for food uh, right now in the on-demand space, are you guys uh, expecting the same type of level of competition in the future? And how is Eddie going to make themselves different from all the other players that potentially could enter this field?
2: Sure. Um, we definitely think that will be a competitive space. I think that, you know, we, we hear about other companies who are interested in being in this space. Um, it is one of those things where I think you might have a, a number of companies pop up at first, but it is a challenging business. You need to be at scale to really do this reliably. Um, and be economically. Um, so, my guess is that by, you know, give it a bit of time, there there will probably only be a few players. Similar to what we saw of food delivery, I think we saw a, number, a, lo- a large number of players. And now you'd say there's there's three or four major players who are primarily um, the ones that people are using in the market. And um, and this is actually a, a bit of a smaller market than food. So, there might even be fewer than three or four who can really operate over time um, at scale. So, I think there'll be a couple, it'll definitely be competitive, but yeah, over time, I think there'll just be a, be a couple there. Um, and yeah, from, from our standpoint, I mean, things are going to evolve over time. I think, as mentioned right now, I think for us, the biggest things at first is, is moving quickly, getting out there, building our brand, and getting to scale quickly so we can uh, be someone that people immediately know is a reliable place to get the product quickly.
0: Is Eddie still hiring, and how can new and future drivers sign up to be part of Eddie's team?
2: Yeah, so I mean, we're definitely continuing to kind of take in applications and start thinking through building up the rest of our team. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we have our website, uh, um where we, we, we post all of the positions that, that are open at this time. Um, so that's probably, I'd say, the best place if you're looking for positions with our company.
1: After today's session, I know most of our listeners will want to know whether or not Eddie is accepting new investors. And can you let our audience know where Eddie is at in this process?
2: Yeah, I mean, we we raised our kind of initial seed round, um, which we're working with right now. Which uh, for us is 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 sort of going to be good for us for the next little while. Um, I, I assume it's at some point we'll probably go up for for another raise. But r- right now we're we're in good shape.
0: We would like to ask all of our guests: Is there a piece of technology, a book, or something from your past that has helped shape who you are today?
2: That's an interesting question. Um, let's see. I mean, I, I to me, I think one that's. Uh, that I've, I've, I find is a fairly regular one for me that I, I really use a lot as Evernote. Um, for me, I I find I am someone who has, you know, I, I can have really good short-term memory, but my long-term memory is not as strong as I'd like it to be. So for me, I and I want to be able to note different things, so I find I use that just constantly every day. Uh, and it's for a variety of things, whether it's like um, remembering things about people, so writing down notes about all different conversations and making sure I remember those types of things. Whether it's going to a restaurant and knowing, oh, what's my favorite <laughs> thing I eat at these restaurants, and I'm able to write all those things down, tag them, and like for any type of situation, I probably have written something. Um, it's also a great way of reflecting, just at the end of every day, where I can just write something about sort of you know how that day go, um, sure. reflections, that sort of thing. So yeah, I find. And for me, ever knowing how you can tag things. Regardless of the use case of what I'm writing about, I can put it into one place and I can search in and find what I'm looking for. So for that I me, that's been a uh, pretty big game changer for me.
1: Thanks, Ryan. We really appreciate you coming on The Shake today. Would you mind letting our audience know where's the best place to connect with Eddie, your website, your social media handles, as well as where your head office is located?
2: Uh, Sure. So, yeah, so... uh, as mentioned, yeah, our website is Uh All our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are all Eddie underscore delivery, at Eddie underscore delivery. And then uh, our, our office is just near uh, Queen and Dufferin.
1: We want to give a huge thank you to the co-founder of Eddie, Ryan Dempsey, for joining The Shake, presented by Treehouse Solution, digital media platform. Please check out their website, www.eddydelivery.com and be sure to follow them on instagram at eddy underscore delivery we also want to thank our loyal shake listeners for spending the last 45 minutes with us you can join the discussion or drop us a line at www.treehousesolution.com and on instagram at treehouse Solution, twitter at ths underscore audio and facebook Be sure to look out for our next episode when we chat with another industry-leading rep. We hope you enjoyed our session and stay tuned for our next podcast.